Thanks for listening to Marketing B2B Tech, the podcast from Napier where you can find out what really works in B2B marketing today. Welcome to Marketing B2B Technology, the podcast from Napier. Today, I'm joined by Dan Renders. He's the CEO and co-founder of Folion. Welcome to the podcast, Dan. Thanks. So Dan, I mean, you've had really quite a varied career. Can you talk to me about, you know, how you've got to the point of founding Folion? Um, yeah, sure. It, I think everything or the red thread is a little bit um, uh, digital transformation, right? So uh, when I was 19, I started my first uh, web design company, building a website that was more of a, like a big sandbox where we could play around and learn how working with clients actually works. And later, when I was about 23, uh, an agency asked me to join them and set up their digital arm. Uh, they didn't have any, uh, any digital services up until then. So I joined that company, became partner when I was 25. And within that company, we were work- working for a couple of customers that digitized their content more to screen. So it was built for screen. So that, yeah, let's say the trans- transition from uh, print to web, but different type of content than websites. So more magazine kind of content. So uh, initially, we obviously tried flippable PDFs, but we wanted to have something that was natively built for screens, and we used the technology of Flash. Uh, maybe familiar to uh, some of your listeners, but a younger audience will probably not know it. But Flash was not supported by iPhones and iPads. So when the iPad really got traction back in 2011, 2012, we were looking for an alternative solution than Flash and HTML5 and CSS3 was the answer. but only supported by the browser of Safari. Yeah, so in that migration, we were looking for a solution uh, that could help us build digital content and uh, in, a, in a faster way than, uh, than having a whole set of designers, digital designers, developers, front-end designers um, that all together build uh, these, uh, these um, web publications. Uh, so I uh, was looking for a solution that could help me out, couldn't find one, and that's when I started Folium, uh, so uh, it was yeah, based on our own needs, and, and that's a great story. I mean, I think you know all the best startups come from from a need that you can't fulfil for yourself. Yeah. But the interesting thing for me is you're you're not based in Silicon Valley. You're you're based in the Netherlands in Amsterdam. So, how is it creating a marketing technology startup in the Netherlands? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, I think we're here called Silicon Canals instead of Silicon Valley. But uh, no, just kidding. It's. Um, it's it's funny that quite some publishing platforms are from the Netherlands. So you have a, a large company that also has a global footprint called Woodwing. They're also based from the Netherlands. And we have a couple of uh, direct competitors also from the Netherlands. So I think it has to do something with, let's say, urge to expand abroad because the Netherlands is such a small country uh, that if we want to grow, we have to grow outside of the Netherlands. We don't have a big home market, so to speak. And two, I think Dutch design is also pretty famous. So um, Dutch design agencies are also often known outside of the Netherlands. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, I think um, we're seeing more and more of these startups coming from, from Europe, and it's great that there's the infrastructure in the Netherlands to support it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, London was obviously together with Berlin, were the two tech hubs of Europe and Amsterdam was lagging a little bit a couple of years ago and uh, but we really put some emphasis on uh, promoting the Netherlands as a uh, a good country for startups so a lot of uh, expats moved to Amsterdam and then we have pretty pretty big ecosystem of larger uh, SaaS businesses uh, from the Netherlands that's that sounds good 
So let's talk about Folian itself. Folian's a content creation platform. So, I mean, you sort of alluded to this, but can you explain what you really mean by a content creation platform? Yeah, it's a good question. So the, if I would explain it to my mother, <laughs> then I would frame it a little bit differently than maybe to a uh, marketing audience. But we are a content creation platform and that's a really broad category, right? So email marketing tools or social media tools or tools like Canva are also defined as a content creation platform. So if I would niche it a little bit, then uh, I would say that Folian is a platform where you can create a media rich, long form content. So it, typically stuff like eBooks, white papers, also annual reports, staff magazines, customer magazines, proposals, let's say long form content that needs to be engaging or persuasive. And that's what people build in our platform. And we typically replace uh, legacy formats like PDF and PowerPoint by something that is mobile friendly, that is, uh, that uses web technology. So you can take advantage of tracking, personalization, uh, responsiveness, uh, those kind of uh, elements are important to us. And, uh, and I think what makes Folian different than our direct competitors or alternative platforms, adjacent technologies is that we focus very much on the marketeer so that if, even if you don't have a design background, you should be able to create let's say agency level content uh, in our platform. And so how do you do that? Is that by creating templates and doing it that way? Or is there another approach to getting consistent, good quality? Yeah, obviously that evolves. Uh, so I think the first version of our platform was very much a template driven platform. So we started off with uh, one navigation form, 10 templates, and people could just fill out some form fields and hit the preview button and they saw what they created. So very limited, but very consistent in the output because people were just not able to mess things up. The uh, The second version that we launched in 2018, it was more of a drag and drop editor that gives you more well, visibility in what you're creating. But at the same, same time, it was also a little bit more daring for uh, non-designers because they had so much options with spacings, adding multiple columns and you know optimizing content for three types of screens is challenging on itself. And with all those, um, uh, designs options it was for some customers pretty hard to use the new drag and drop editor and that's why we launched a template manager so people can create templates themselves or have their uh, design agency to uh, create templates for them and they can just start or run off those templates and create something that is uh, that is that has the quality that it needs and, uh, and and protects your brand but at the same time uh, is helping you to create content faster than before that sounds great i mean Looking at what you're doing, it seems like you're almost taking away the need for having a design studio and having a web developers to create this content. Is that kind of the idea behind Folian? Not per se, right? So uh, we started it uh, as our own internal tool, so to speak, for the uh, for our own studio. So we had desktop publishers and designers that did not have any uh, coding skills. Uh, so I think the first version of Folian was a no-code platform for designers. And now that we move more towards a um, no design platform for marketeers. And it's our vision that everyone will be creating content. It's a little bit the same trend, but you see with you know, iPhones. So with an iPhone, everyone is a photographer. Uh, or with uh, HubSpot, everyone is an analyst because you have so much access to, to dashboards. So I think it's making those technologies available for, uh, for regular people. That is a trend that you see in other industries as well. It's, uh, yeah whether it's citizen design or uh, citizen development is everything is uh, is being made so simple that everyone can do it. 
I think that's definitely a trend we're on. I'm not saying that we're replacing agencies. I still think that there's co-creation between agencies and customers that use our platform. Yeah, and if you can assemble a great publication, it doesn't mean you're able to create amazing content, right? So it's, uh, it's, it's still often a collaboration between uh, design, marketing or content creation, and obviously also distribution strategy. And you also have to be able to interpret the analytics and the learnings that you get out of it to improve it. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it brings a, a whole lot more than just being able to create a piece of content. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because with our clients, we've actually seen Folian can create more work for agencies rather than less, particularly as, as we're not a dev agency. Yep. Be because there's less cost involved in the technical creation, then it's all about the writing of the content and, and generating that great content. So, yep. you know, definitely I'd agree with what you said there. Yeah, it's a... It, it, it's always a little bit of a, well, I don't want to say tension, but the question, right? So what is, uh, what is Folian and what are we replacing? I think in general, we replace man hours, right? So we don't replace technology. If you uh, use nowadays, I don't know, PowerPoint to create an engaging proposal and you save it as a PDF, then we don't really, yeah, we replace PowerPoint and we replace the PDF, obviously, but that's not something that is um, a budget line item. I think the value is in creating content quicker. And that's also how we see the world a little bit that people are, are expecting more from content nowadays, right? They expect content to be personalized. They, uh, they expect content to be accessible at any time. They expect more content, right? So the, a, a bigger portion of, let's say, the customer journey is, is done offline or online, at least outside of the vision or the, the view of uh, the company that sells services or products. So people do more investigation and content is a really good solution uh, to support that customer journey. But it also means that more and more content is being created. And that, so the need for content is still rising. And uh, I think that's a solution we try to answer. I, and it's interesting you say that people are demanding more from content because I think that that's very true. And one of the things I see is people looking for more um, interactivity to improve engagement. So do you want to talk a little bit about what Folian can do, you know, particularly compared to PDFs, which basically have no in engagement. I mean, how can you get the uh, the audience, the reader, more engaged? Yeah, so it, it's a combination of a lot of things. But uh, first of all, it's uh, being able to support modern media formats, right? So more and more videos being uh, used in marketing campaigns, and it doesn't always need to be like a super highly edited content. It can also be more user generated or company generated video content. But the ability to edit, to add that to your content, that's already a big win. The fact that it's mobile friendly, you can just check it out on every device. That's uh, that's important. We see more and more traffic from uh, mobile still uh, in a, uh, across the base of, of our users. But you can also include interactive forms. You can uh, include interactive quizzes if you have uh, if you have that. So so there are a lot of options to uh, to make content more engaging. But what we also see is that people typically spend less time, right? So we are all very busy and the attention span is based on a research I recently read is um, is shorter than the attention span of a goldfish. So the attention span of a goldfish <laughs> is about nine seconds and uh, of people it's nowadays eight. Uh, so uh, you really have to catch people with something that is compelling, that is very clear, right? Uh, and uh, so more bite-sized content. And I think the format itself forces people to create more bite-sized content that is yeah, easier to digest, more visual, you know, look at Instagram, just swiping through uh, images. That's what uh, what people expect nowadays from B2B content as well. 
No, I agree. I, I, I mean, you've talked a lot about some of the features, and Folio is obviously incredibly powerful. Does that mean that it's a product that that's really priced for the enterprise, or is it something that's got broader market appeal? Yeah. How shall I answer this one? Because the pricing is one of the hardest things, right? It's every every SaaS company struggles with pricing. The best way to pursue pricing is based on value. So what kind of value do you get out of it? So initially, when we started, we had a very much of a product-led growth strategy. So um, customers setting up a trail themselves, converting via credit card, and just got started. Charged uh, 100 to, uh, to uh, 400 dollars a month and people could just create content as much as they like but at the same time we saw that there was a big difference in the needs of really large enterprises versus really small small companies and then it became harder to kind of map our product roadmap on those on those customers because we literally served everyone from a one-person company up until um, uh, ey global and so it's really hard to determine, okay, how are we going to price this? What level of support can people expect? Uh, how are we going to set up our customer success team? Uh, what kind of uh, marketing strategies are we going to, going to deploy in order to reach that audience? So we did try to focus more on B2B companies because they typically create more content. And if you create more content, you get more value out of our platform because it's all about the numbers, right? If you, uh, if you outsource 10 publications or 10 white papers externally or, or to your internal design team, or you do a hundred and you can imagine that if you do a hundred, you have the benefit of scale. So the more content people create, the more insights they will get, the more reusability of content they can apply. So the more value they gain out of it. And then it's, then it's also easier to map our roadmap to it. So we invested a lot in integrations with uh, market automation platforms and CRMs like Marketo and HubSpot, Salesforce. Uh, but also with digital asset management platforms like Binder, or now we just released an integration with Adobe Experience Manager, um, so that all makes sense. So we did go up in pricing. It's always tempting to also set a offering next to it that's more based on uh, product-led growth, because yeah, the platform has such a broad use potential, right? Every company creates content, it's, whether it's a proposal that you want to make more engaging or where you want to get more reader insights from, or it's a company presentation, or it's an annual report, every industry we can serve. Uh, and even B2C, right? Uh, even even consumers that will create digital photo books or their portfolio or their resume in our platform, that's also a use case that that uh, is being requested quite often by, by prospects. So um, we're still um, optimizing towards the needs of customers and map that also on our, let's say, internal organization. But typically, short answer <laughs> sorry for the lengthy answer the short version is that we focus more on mid-market so um, companies between 50 and 5,000 employees where i think our sweet spot is in b2b companies that use us uh, across multiple departments so if they create content and sales so presentations proposals pitch decks uh, marketing creates ebooks white papers thought leadership content uh, event content hr creates staff magazines onboarding manuals resumes hr handbooks and support creates manuals and release notes of updates product updates etc if they use us across multiple teams i think that's uh, where our sweet spot is that's I, I mean that's amazing and there's so many applications there of Folium. <clears throat> I, I i don't know dan is there is there an area where Folion really, really just shines? Is there an area that it stands out? I mean, obviously, you know, I can see replacing PDF with something better is 
is going to apply across a broad base. But but is there a particular market where if somebody's trying to do something, they're going to use Folio and then they're going to fall in love? <laughs> I hope everyone. But uh, <laughs> um, I think the the sweet spot is, and it's not per se a segment or an industry, but if companies create a lot of versions of the same content and they have the need to distinguish themselves from their competition strongly, or if they have like a complex product offering or service offering that requires quite some explanation and quite some thought leadership content or, or yeah, requires a lot of content to explain what they do exactly. Uh, that's, I think, where we see most traction. So industries like consultancy firms, uh, the, the, the big four uh, is working with our platform. They all have, I'm not going to say the same, but similar offering. It's really hard for a someone from the outside to determine, okay, uh, a tax audit, which firm will I choose, right? They all have the same hourly rate. They all have the same talent, uh, right? They all went to the same university. So how are they going to stand out? Uh, so I think if that's the case, then uh, then we see a lot of traction. Uh, and also companies that are a little bit more mature in their content marketing strategy slash operations. So the maturity level of our customers is also important, right? If, if you, for example, integrate with HubSpot and you can retarget people that are that are spending more on your content than someone that just bounces after one page, or if you send out proposals and you gate it and you can see on the personal level, the engagement on how they, how they perceive your proposals, then you can get a lot of value out of it. But not every company has a sophisticated uh, marketing automation platform in place and the roles are set up internally to execute on that. So I think that's uh, the, the second part of the sweet spot. No, I can definitely see that. I mean, I'm interested. I mean, obviously, not everybody is as sophisticated, but I think at the, the more sophisticated, and a lot of people now are really focusing on on analytics and data yeah. about their content. And the big issue is if you create a, a PowerPoint or a PDF, there's nothing. So, can you talk a little bit about what Folian does to to explain to marketers how people are engaging with the content and help them understand, you know, which parts of the content that their audience loves and which part maybe isn't resonating. Yeah. So basically, I think it's uh, two areas. So one is is more the content performance. So you put a lot of time and effort and money to create content, then it is good to know whether people are engaging with it, uh, whether it's to, uh, to attract another audience or maybe you uh, want to change the order of the content. And when we just started, we had a lot of these learning sessions with customers where we also help them to interpret the insights. So if you see, for example, people leaving on page two, what does that mean? Can you maybe reshuffle the content a little bit? Or the same with, for example, gating your content. Do you want to gate up front or do you want to gate in the middle so people already see some of your content, mm -hmm. get interested, and maybe they're more willing to fill out that form, that lead form, uh, in order to, uh, to to continue reading, right? So all those experiments, optimizing the content, that's that's one part. So you see uh, where they drop off, you see how much time they spend, right? And people read on average uh, 250 words per minute. So if you have like a page with 500 words and people spend on average 10 seconds, then you know that the content was not engaging uh, at least. So you can start optimizing it, changing the frequency, right? If it's a newsletter, for example, or a magazine, uh, we had a lot of customers that had like a quarterly magazine that had 40 pages and now they switched to, uh, to a digital format like ours and they create 12 shorter versions because the attention span is shorter, which uh, ultimately led to more engagement in the content itself. So that's one area. 
Uh, and the second one is to optimize, let's say, your, your customer journey based on engagement. So if you create a white paper, people fill out, fill out a lead form and they get into your database uh, and you see that the people that left their email address drop out after page one, then you know they're or not engaged or the wrong audience, but at least they, uh, they don't deserve a follow-up from your sales team, right? Uh, so what if you can distinguish people that are highly engaged on your content or read multiple pieces of content and you gather all of that in your um, in your marketing automation platform and apply lead scoring and separate the highly engaged out of the lower engaged uh, audience and then have a different follow-up based on uh, on that uh, data then i think you can have more effective marketing so um, i think that's, a, that's that's the second area where we uh, see a lot of value I love the talk about testing content and, and iterating to optimize it. I, I guess you've seen a lot of people create a lot of content on Folian. So I, I'm interested, do you have any tips for marketers as to how they can get that first revision of the content to be more effective? Any ideas of, of improving quality or engagement? It's, it's hard to say, right? Because it, it depends strongly on the type of content you're creating your audience, right? If you create a proposal, for example, uh, versus a ebook or a white paper or a customer magazine or a staff magazine, then you would expect different behavior, right? So if it's, for example, a staff magazine, you would expect people to read it uh, from beginning to, to the end. If it's more of a catalog where people can just browse through and you don't expect them necessarily to read everything, then you expect different behavior. But I think in general, people have a shorter uh, attention span nowadays. So in general, it should be bite-sized, it should be short, right? So uh, we see the, the, the ideal amount of pages somewhere between six and eight pages for content and also try to include a lot of visuals in your content or, or video content imagery. So you need typically more footage for your content, more images, more visuals. And, and the most important thing is just to test it out because you just simply don't know until you until you distribute it and then uh, then you can you can uh, you can test it and, uh, and and optimize it do a b testing right or include hotjar as a solution where you can see how the engagement on the page is where they look at be very keen on drop off rates on specific pages you can also optimize design a lot so for example if you have like if people are on their smartphone they see a limited amount of the content on that first view right so maybe it's only a header and an image and a button to scroll down if they don't scroll down we also tracking like scroll that scroll down events. So if they don't scroll down, maybe the answer is just to simply change the button or let the color stand out more. <laughs> yeah, but it's often those small, simple things that people overlook while looking at the data. I think that's great advice. Thank you. One thing, you know, just moving on, I mean, I'm interested in is, is how do you promote Folion? You're, you're in a, a, a crowded market. I mean, marketing technology is, is crazy in terms of the number of vendors. And even if you narrow it down to the content platforms, there, there's an awful lot of people doing so many different things. So how do you manage to stand out and get marketers um, interested in Folian? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you can help me out. No, it's uh, <laughs> one, one of our challenges is indeed that it's a, a MarTech is a crowded space, right? More than 8,000 vendors are in that, in that known map. and. Our platform is not per se part of a category, right? So we're not a CRM or a DAM, like a digital ads management. That is an established category that people know of, that they need. As I told before, we typically don't replace software, but we often replace people or 
man hours or services, whatever. And often people don't think of a better alternative than, for example, a PDF. So they are they some they experience the pain sometimes of a PDF, like oh, uh, I wish I could understand better how this PDF is uh, is being uh, received by our audience or. Uh, if it's a proposal, then you want to see who is reading the proposal because you simply don't know. It's, you send it out to one person and then it's a black box for you. But it's not something that people will, uh, by default, look for for a better alternative. Right? I often give the example of Henry Ford when he when he launched the, the T Ford, the first production car. He also said that innovation is, you know, if you would have asked 100 mil men, how can I help you do your job better? then the majority would say, give me a horse that goes twice as fast and no one would ask for a car. <laughs> so it's a little bit the same with our platform. So that means that we need to do a lot of evangelization. Uh, so on my business cards, card, it doesn't say CEO, but preacher. <laughs> uh, so it, it's a lot about advocacy and, uh, and, and uh, I think solution marketing is, uh, is, is, is our best strategy. So we try to produce a lot of content ourselves around the problems that people have, whether it's content bottlenecked or insights in, in engagement or um, doing more effective marketing or maybe in niches like uh, you mentioned you also do ABM as a, as an agency so ABM also requires a lot of personalized content so that really resonates well with our kind of solution or focusing on companies that use adjacent technology so if you use Showpad or Seismic or Terminus or demand-based then you know that you have marketeers that already produce a lot of content so we try to reach those so that's uh, yeah, that's that's our current strategy, and a lot of it is based on uh, content marketing, but also performance-based. So we uh, we do a lot of LinkedIn advertising, getting in front of the right audience, uh, and then we try to educate them and inspire them, and then we try to interest them to, for example, let us build your PDF into a folio doc, like two three pages to uh, to show the power, because it's often harder to explain. It's easier if you just see it. So we uh, we. We have that also as a part of our marketing strategy to to ask people to send us their PDFs and show them how it can be done better. That sounds like a great way to do it. You know, uh, show don't tell, I think, is the, the classic thing that everyone says. And uh, I love that idea. Yeah. I really appreciate your time, Dan. It's, it's been great. I'm sure people will be interested to learn more about Folian. If they want to learn more or they've got questions about anything you've said today, what's the best way to A, find out about Folian and B, contact you? Yeah, you can you can obviously go to folian.com and chat with one of our uh, team members. But if they want to reach out to me directly, they can send an email to dan at folian.com. And Dan is with double A, which is a typical Dutch name. But yeah, or you can look me up on LinkedIn. Oh, well, that's awesome, and I hope you'll uh, you'll get some inquiries through from this. That's uh, that's great to share your your email address. Thank Thanks you so much. Thank you so much for for all all your insights, and particularly the you know the overview of how to improve content. I know people will uh, will really find that valuable. Thanks very much for being on the podcast, Dan. Thank you so much for inviting me, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing B two B Tech. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and if you did, please make sure you subscribe on iTunes or on your favourite podcast application. If you'd like to know more, please visit our website at napierb2b.com or contact me directly on LinkedIn.